0: The Voice, Windsor, Windsor Ascot, Ascot, Maidenhead, Maidenhead Bracknell, Bracknell, Wokingham, Wokingham Henley, Henley
1: Reading. Okay,
0: the Voice, River Radio
1: of the Thames Valley. Right
2: Good morning, it's Heather Adams and Julian Ashton. You're joining us for turning pages on River Radio. Over the next hour we'll be chatting about books.
1: I've
2: been talking to novelist Cara Hunter. And we'll be talking from the comfort of We'll be talking about walks from the comfort of our chairs.
1: Pages, take be more than we do. Make...
2: Thank you for joining me. Uh, you've We've got a great show coming up for you this morning. So alongside, we've got Julian Aston. Julian, good morning.
0: Good morning, Heather.
2: If I can say your name properly. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, you know, a bit of practice, you know, over the years. Um, so, Heather, well, what have we got? Uh, coming up this morning.
2: Well, we've got a great show, thank you very much. Um, I've been talking to Cara Hunter, whose latest book, The Whole Truth, is Richard and Judy's summer book club pick. Mm. That's difficult to say. It is. She was on the show a couple of weeks ago, and I had a lovely time chatting to her about her recent book, which is absolutely brilliant. I can't recommend it enough. Great. It's called The Whole Truth. Um, and I couldn't resist asking her about how she got into writing and about the books that inspire her. So my interview with Carr will be coming up, and also, I'm about to go on holiday.
0: uh uh-huh. are you indeed?
2: I'm about to go on a walking holiday. So, as you know, we've been looking at books that have walking as a theme. But we're not obviously specifically talking walking books, fabulous as many of those are. We've chosen fictional books, and we've even gone back in time to look at walking in the company of a few gossips from the 18th century. And once again, we've been scouring the papers to spot interesting book news. You're listening to Turning Pages on River Radio, the voice of the Thames Valley. And don't forget, we'd love to hear from you. So if you have any favourite authors you want to tell us about, any great book recommendations, if you run a local book club or are a local author, we'd love you to get in touch. Uh, You can contact me on heather at river.radio with any of your book news and we'd be delighted to include some of your thoughts and ideas in future shows. So, Julian, let's start with those interesting tidbits that we've spotted in the press. And I'll go first, because I just want to say congratulations to David Diop, who has won the International Booker for a frightening book called At Night All Blood Is Black. Yes, David. well done. So we spoke about this earlier on. Do you remember we spoke about all the books that were in <clears throat> nominated? Order? Yes, we did. Yes. Um, and Diop is the first French writer to win the prize. Uh, to win the prize. And praise, and, hopefully. And, well, hopefully. And it's £50,000, which Ooh. is split with his translator, Anna Vogue kiss, I think. Apologies, Anna, for getting that name slightly muddled. And the novel is about a Senegalese soldier fighting for France in the First World War, and it's had really good reviews. Great. So I think that sounds marvellous. It
0: does indeed. Well, um, to get us uh, in the mood for the next outing of James Bond on film, there's an exhibition in Salisbury Museum of the illustrations for the nine of Ian Fleming's most memorable Bond books, including Goldfinger and uh, Thunderball. Um, um, these seminal images, which covered the first editions of the books, are fabulous. Goldfinger, for example, which was also one of my favourite films, features a skull with gold coins in the eye sockets biting on a rose.
2: Oh, it's a brilliant cover. Uh, yeah, that?
0: absolutely. And the first edition fetch, would you believe, fifty thousand pounds at auction last year. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, really incredible. Well, the artist was um, a, a chap called Richard Chopping, and the commission very nearly went to his rival quite a surprise is lucian freud gosh that's a big name it is a big name yes yeah. uh, and both of uh, freud and chopping had gone to the same art school um but in fact chopping's biographer found um a, a list dated 3 a.m march 29th 2004 and headed lucian Fro- freud and it listed uh, th- a 13 reasons why um, he resented him. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously not a close friendship, No, I don't think so. Anyway, luckily Ian Fleming and and Richard Chopping got on very well, and Fleming was so pleased with the image uh, for the drawings that, uh, for Goldfinger particularly, that he increased the fee from a staggering £40 to £60.
2: Whoa, those are the days. Oh, yes. I love that idea of getting up at three o'clock in the morning (laughs) to write a list of why you
0: resent somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Grumpy old man syndrome I think <laughs> yes, that's brilliant
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I saw another sort of like grumpy old man although in this instance it was grumpy old woman Jeanette Winterton oh yes famously obviously yes. wrote oranges and not the only fruit she's had a little bit of a tiz um because her uh, later her books have just been redesigned and she hated them so much so she burnt them oh no And the poor publisher it wasn't the covers that she disagreed with, it was actually the blurb.
0: Oh, right. So she
2: felt it sounded like, they, her book sounded like a Mills and Boons.
0: R- oh, right. was it a bit, oh. of a,
2: bit of, of toing and froing in the press, because of course people are saying, and what's wrong with mills and boons? I'd like you to know. Uh, too
0: right, too right. They were stalwart of my mother's library, the mills uh, and boons. Nothing yeah. wrong with the good mills and boons. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, before I go into the next bit, I just want to say to our listeners, if you hear a lot of rumbling going on, it's not because we've been eating radishes, but apparently <laughs> there seems to be some construction work going on in an office downstairs, so we, we do apologise for that. But the one piece that I got is a classics professor um, in Cambridge. has just spent 20 years reviewing the whole um, of Greek literature to produce a new Greek dictionary. And this is the first um, fresh look um, of a Greek dictionary in 170 years. Wow. Mm. and the Cambridge Greek lexicon intends to take the place of the existing standard works uh, and the main difference being that all the naughty words have now been put back in and spelled out. Um, previously to spare the blushes of our Victorian forebears, the definitions of various rude words uh, would only be translated into Latin and vice versa in, in the Latin dictionary, they do the same and translate it into Greek leaving thousands of school children and, uh, none the wiser about the fruity words in the dictionary
2: the Victorians were very delicate were oh, they, they
0: were yes very delicate souls I don't yes. know if you've
2: ever been to Reading Museum but they have got the most amazing Copy of the Biotapestry. tapestry. Really? As it's absolutely fantastic. Gosh. It goes right round this huge gallery. Can you can imagine how big it yes. is. And there's one particular man who's my favourite, this little image. And um, in the original bio tapestry, obviously 11th century, he was nude. And when the Victorians did it, they put little underpants <laughs> on him. which I just think is marvellous. So do go along to the Reading Museum and see that.
0: Bear the maidenly blushes.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Right, and if you're listening to us live, today is the 16th of June, and this, of course, is Bloomsday in Dublin. Mm -hmm. So Bloomsday, for those of you who don't know, is a commemoration and celebration of the life of the Irish writer James Joyce, and it's observed annually... In Dublin, and also elsewhere where there's any loads of sort of Irish people. And it's based on his most, Joyce's most celebrated novel, Ulysses, which takes place all on the same day, the 16th of June, where you've got the protagonist, Leopold Bloom and he has his first outing with his wife-to-be, Nora Barnacle. That's a great,
0: it's a great name, isn't it? <laughs>
2: marvellous. But what happens on Bloom's Day is you get dressed up in Edwardian clothes, there's a whole series of cultural activities, so you do a pub crawl, because it's oh, Ireland. Oh yes, of course, yes. You do a pub crawl through the pubs mentioned in the book. Right, super. And every time you go, there's a reading. And it's absolutely marvellous. And the reason I know about it is that I was very lucky to be invited by the um, Irish ambassador in India to a dinner on the 16th of June. In in Delhi? In Delhi. Oh, gosh. And we turned up and, we, and I just thought, you know, it was a yeah. dinner, it was absolutely fine. And then all of a sudden, um, the ambassador came up to me and said, would you mind reading an excerpt <laughs> from Ulysses <laughs> over dinner, over the dinner uh, table?
0: You had to read for your supper. <laughs> it was a bit of a shock. <laughs>
2: Anyway, anyway, we digress. So this is River Radio and you're listening to Turning Pages with Heather and Julian. Thank you so much for listening. Coming up in the show, we'll be discussing those authors who write about walking and chatting with Ali Jinks from the Wallingford Bookshop about summer reading ideas. But let's first go to a conversation that I had with Cara Hunter. She's the Sunday Times bestselling novelist of a detective fiction whose plot lines cleverly twist and turn as you read them. The whole truth is out now, and we've previously spoken to her about this book, but I couldn't resist also talking to her about any tips she has on becoming an author and her favourite books and authors. So this is our conversation. When did you realise that you wanted to be a writer, and in fact you could make money out of being a writer?
3: Well, that's the million dollar question, literally, isn't it? Most people who write have a second job. Pretty much everyone I, I know who's a writer has a second job. So I think if you go into it thinking you're going to make a lot of money, then you're probably going to be pretty disappointed. But you, sh- you should always go into it because you love it and because you have a burning need to do it. And then then if if there's any money in it, then great. And if there isn't, then you won't be disappointed. But in t- for me, I suppose I, I realised I could have a go at it when I went freelance while I was still working full-time I just didn't didn't have the time and the brain space to do it so you know now you know I I have got the time and I think that I think that's that's key really anyone who can write while they're working full-time or they've got a family and trying just to fit in in the evenings uh, or first thing in the morning well my hat my hat goes off to them because uh, that I couldn't do that but yeah I suppose it's it's always been a possibility right from when I was a little girl but I didn't i didn't start till quite late in life, so hopefully that might encourage people too, because uh, you know it's never too late to try. Never say never, hey. <laughs> when you're looking at a book, do you spend lots of time sort of researching?
2: Is it so you have an idea and then you go and research, or are you always
3: researching and you just sort of say, right, I'm going to write a book? I'm a bit of a magpie, so I'm always picking bits up from here, here and there, and. I have a notebook where I just jot things down. Sometimes it's just a word. Um, sometimes it's just some half an idea. You never know when it'll come back. And you should certainly write things down because if you think you're going to remember them, you're going to be disappointed because your brain actually doesn't um, keep as much as you would like to think. So always write stuff down. That would be one piece of advice. As for research, uh, I try to do only what I need to do before I start writing. I think we've all had the experience of great big chunks of research turning up in a in book you're reading. Of thinking, oh golly, this person spent ages looking at this, and now we're going to get this research, whether we like it or not. Uh, so I, I try not to do that. I try to just, you know, put in, in into into the process only what I need, and then later, you know, make a note in the manuscript and come back and check and just make sure that you know that it, it it does actually hold water. But but mostly, as I, as we talked about before, it's. DNA and forensics these days making sure that that's right and you know because there's always someone who knows <laughs> someone who will read it will know better than you. I, I must admit I really
2: appreciate you writing the story first and then
3: adding the research when it's relevant rather than doing it the other way around. Cause... Yeah yeah I think I think that's always the best way. Because it's all about the story isn't it? Absolutely the story's got to drive the research not the other way around.
2: So if you were sort of looking back at your younger self what piece of advice would
3: you would you give yourself? In terms of being a writer? Start earlier and um, be, more, be more confident you know don't think that you can't do it it's always worth trying but be prepared to be persistent and to learn your craft very few people are such geniuses they can sit down and write something you know something good first off having never tried before I mean, there's some people out there I'm sure can do that but most people it's a question of trying so you know everyone's got several unpublished things and probably unfinished things in their bottom drawer or in an obscure part of their computer never to see the light. So were you always a reader? Do you think reading is an important part of being a writer? Yeah, it absolutely is. I I can't remember when I couldn't read. My parents told me I taught myself at the age of three and I literally cannot ever remember looking at a book and not knowing what all those, you know, black squiggly marks actually meant. So yes I, I was, I've always been a huge reader uh, and I think you have to you have to read as widely as you can to see what you think works and what doesn't so you know really sample everything you can uh, in the genre that you're trying to write in I mean you, I, I don't read some genres, so I, I don't try to write them either. so it that doesn't really matter. But I try to read very widely in crime just to see what other people are doing and you, you can always learn from both a good book and a bad book what it is that's worked and what it is that hasn't. sometimes bad books are even more instructive than good ones.
1: River, radio, spread the word.
4: you mistaken, my love, I brought for you for foundation. All that I wanted from you was to give me something that I never had. Something that you never seen. Something that you never been. Mm-hmm. But I wake up and Ellen wrong. Just get ready for work, 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 work. It's to me, I be work, 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 work. You see me do me that, 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 And somebody that work, 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 work.
0: now you need to fall, but then get me out of work, 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 work,
4: It sent me up here, work, 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 work. It me down with da da that, 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 So many better, wah, work, 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 work that, wa, 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 wa. When you walk out, la 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 wah, 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 wah,
1: May your smile, may your smile shine on, shine on, don't be scared, don't be scared, your destiny
4: Six years old broke my leg. And I was running from my brother and his friends.
1: Don't miss Ready Pop Festival in Reading on the 8th to the 10th of July. With Sugar Hill Gang, Badly Drawn Boy, Mocheva, Jesus Jones, Nigel Clark from Dodgy, Sunscream and much more, including a family area and purple turtle bars. Kids' tickets are free, and all money raised helps music charity Ready Pop. Only 10 minutes walk from Reading Station. Tickets available now from Eventbrite or ReadyPop.co.uk. This is International. Big Mega Radio Smasher. Ah
2: a